Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Waz. Hey, what'd you say? G'day, Waz. Oh. We're talking about communication today, aren't we? <laughs> uh, I was trying was to make dreadful. a joke about communication, but that was terrible. It was shocking. G'day, listeners. How are you? Traders in Business podcast. You are on it. Actually, you're not on it. You're listening. It's in you're your listening ear holes. To it. But if you want to be on it, send us a message. Please do. Yeah. We Go like on. interviewing people. Go on. I dare you. I dare you to try and get on the show. <laughs> I don't think many people are brave enough to come on the podcast. Everyone freaks out about it. Um, not everyone. I get that. Lots of people freak out about it. I I understand that. Really? Having been a guest on podcasts, I was frightened before I hosted one. I wouldn't be frightened anymore. No, because you're really like just, you're a ballsy chick now, aren't you? I am. I've got big <laughs> balls. <laughs> Where did this that even come from? This is a family show, Coxie. <laughs> Gee whiz. This is a Tuesday episode, remember? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Hope Dad doesn't listen to this one. If you want more potty mouth, Coxie, go listen to uh, some of our Effort Friday episodes. Yeah, they're funny. And you'll hear Coxie letting loose. I don't, though. Looser. Anyway. <laughs> A little bit. Anyway, today we're, we're wrapping up our three-part builder special today. So this is uh, part three. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and Coxie's um, newscaster music. So <laughs> part one and two, we talked sales process and quotes and proposals and how to win 100% of your quotes and... Prelim agreements and getting paid to do plans I for know. people. Um, not working drawings, but just prelim um, mm. concepts. So uh, we've covered all of that in parts one and two. If you didn't listen to those and you're a builder or any trade, really. There's lessons for every trade, yeah. yeah. Um, because most of the same rules apply. It's just, I think it's more apparent with builders because the mm. numbers are often bigger. Mm. You know, you're talking two, three, five, seven hundred thousand dollar contracts in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um so go listen to those and then jump into this one where we wrap this up with the whole communicating with clients headache. <laughs> Coxie, what would you like to communicate with our listeners about communication? Do it. Communicate? Yeah, just talk. Start talking. Just more information's best. <laughs> yeah. Just anything, really. More and more often. Tradies are not generally great communicators. My my biggest advice, piece of advice to you listening is frequency. Mm. I think um, too many people leave it too long mm-hmm. before they give their clients a poke. Okay. So on that, let's strip it back a step. Why are we communicating in the first place? Because some idiot on a podcast said we should. <laughs> But really, it's for your benefit as the business owner, isn't it? Yeah. It's to make your life easier. Of course it is. Because why? It's a proactive way to reduce or remove concern, doubt, um, uh, scrutiny, uh, criticism, Mm. uh, legal action. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get some angels singing with this one. I'm not going to try and do it myself. Because it is. It's like... You know, the ostrich approach just leaves your 
bum exposed. Mm. When your head's down in the sand, your backside's exposed. Absolutely. It's what happens to so many business owners and and particularly the trades and maybe even more particularly builders mm. is not communicating frequently enough just allows things to start to brew in a client's mind. Okay, so let's also talk about on that same subject, as the client is brewing, if they don't understand something or you've come in as that, let me try and pair it back even further. You've come into the situation as the builder and you've spoken in your builder's jargon and you've told the client what's going to happen and you feel like you've communicated really well what's going on and your client doesn't have a clue what you just said. Is that communicating? Nope. No, that's just baffling them with BS. And it's only going to create more drama for you. So you need to understand this is one lesson that we teach all the time with our clients was your clients don't have a clue what comes next. Mm. They don't understand that we dig the footings, we pour the footings, we... What's a Lay the stab, slab, exactly. They don't understand any of what's to happen. You need to educate them through that process. But everyone knows what a footing is, don't they? No, I don't have a clue and I've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> well, that's not strictly true. But I thought stirrups were something you wore on a horse. Well, you do. You do that too. Yeah, right. And that's well, how, how your client's how thinking. How stirrups in the house? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how your client thinks. They don't know. And even the ones who appear educated will benefit from being reminded what comes next because yeah it's i've just made this up ready grab a pen listener oh god here we go no no no, no. grab a pen listener. i've got my pen let's do it so write these words down it's mm-hmm. the what the when and the how of your communication yes it's what you communicate when you do it as mm-hmm. in how often and and how you do it do you send a text an email a telephone call do you meet them on site do you give it to them in a letter so I think there are three key aspects to communication that we need to be considering when we're talking to our clients about a project. So let's dive in. Let's deep dive. Deep dive. You love the scuba gear, don't you? No, but <laughs> let's deep dive. That was very well done into <laughs> each one of those. What should we be communicating? Well, I think the first thing is what to expect. Yes. Like, Setting the expectations from the from the get-go. And we talk about this in part one and two of this little series, this mini-series. Oh, we've got a mini-series. Holy moly. Wow. Uh, we'll be winning a BAFTA or something soon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, set the expectations. How long is the bill going to take is a question that most clients would ask. So mm-hmm. so what's the time frame? I, lis- I listened to my wife ask this of uh, of our builder recently. She's like... So, how, you know, what's the sort of rough time frame for all of this? And I know she's thinking, it's like, when can we be in the house by? Yeah, of course. Uh, and, <laughs> and again, the builder, you know, with a wry grin, basically laid it all out. Yes. Uh, and, and this is, you know, there's not even been a contract signed yet. And already he's covering off all of this stuff. So, mm. he's doing a pretty good job. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of feedback I'll give him, but that's okay. So, uh, so yeah, setting expectations around time frame, but not only the time frame of the build, which is the obvious one, but how long it might take to get the plans done up, mm. the working drawings, mm-hmm. and, you know, how long does it take in council? And then even once it comes out of council, what has to happen? And what about engineering and site design? And, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen before 
you even dig a hole on the on the block of land or you start knocking down walls on a reno or whatever it is you're doing. Mm. Um, and again, as Coxie said, consumers don't know what they don't know no. about building. So you need to actually educate them that there's all this stuff they don't know and then educate them about each of those things. So mm. time frames are some of it, you know, expectations around communication. Mm-hmm. Um, how we'll communicate with you, how often we'll do that. And then obviously you need to stick to that. Yes. You know, you've got to stick to that schedule. Uh, what else should we be communicating? We're on the what, aren't we? Yeah. Yes, we're on what. <laughs> what should we communicate? So oh, I think you yep. should communicate on a, a regular basis what your clients should expect to happen at the job as it unfolds. Because, there, you know, like most jobs, there might be a week where nothing actually happens on site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my most popular blog posts for consumers, so this is a real insight into your consumers, is It's Tuesday, Where's My Builder? Yep. So in all of those Facebook groups that you peer into where the clients are the people talking about the builder, they don't understand the fact that there might be a week where there's an overlap or something else has gone wrong and there's nobody on site. How dare they? Mm. I've paid for all this money and there's nobody there. There's nothing happening. They're so lazy. Yeah. It's going to take so much longer now. They've poured the slab and then nothing happened for I know. like three days. There's bricks on site. Nobody's doing anything with them. How rude. <laughs> so so you need to teach them about, you know, concrete curing. Absolutely. <laughs> Hello, he's a revolutionary idea. <laughs> Some builders still do that, don't they? They let <laughs> slabs they? cure. Do they? Yeah. Anywho. Uh. But the point of the matter still comes back to the fact that they don't understand the process. And even somebody who's seasoned, I've built lots of houses, I've renovated even more, but I don't know what your process as a builder is. Mm. And even if I've used you previously, your process may have changed. Yep. So you tell them. So I, I, for me, that's all in the expectations side of things. And that's probably a little too broad to be totally useful to a listener. Mm. Uh, and I guess it's like you're saying, Coxie, people don't know what to expect on site. They don't know what to expect from the sub-trades, you mm. know. I hear lots of stories about consumers talking to tr- to the sub-trades oh. and, and ringing them up to ask them stuff. Uh, and, and my question is always, how the hell did they get their phone number? Yes. Where'd they get that from? Hello. Why are they talking to your sub-trades? Hello. It's uh, only going to cause trouble. So the what of communication is all of that stuff. Everything. Here's a really quick summarization. Geez, that was a struggle. Summary. That'll do. Summary will be fine. <laughs> wrap up. Here's a quick wrap up. Communicate everything. Yeah. Tell them everything that's going to happen. Everything. So that's the what. Then we move on to the when. The when. The the when for me when I when I sort of threw that one up is the frequency mm-hmm. and again you know personal story i wonder if he's li- if he listens to this podcast i doubt it hopefully not <laughs> i haven't mentioned any names um but one of the deciding factors for a lot of people in whether they choose to work with a building company or not is whether they feel appreciated mm. heard mm. Um, valued, valued. <laughs> snap, <laughs> and a simple way to do that is to over communicate with yeah. people, particularly in the early stages, mm. without being a serial pest. Um, but you know what? The guy that we actually, my wife and I, have chosen, we sat down, went through the quote, the proposal with him, 
uh, at about, you know, 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, on a Wednesday. And at 10 a.m. on the Thursday, mm-hmm. he called me. Great. He's like, how'd you go? Did you have a chance to go through everything last night? How are you guys feeling about it all? That's uh, fantastic. And I said, yeah, we're going to use you. <laughs> he said, great, I'll get another prelim over to you and we'll make the changes and I'll get the working drawings happening. It's easy though, isn't it? I mean, it, that took five minutes out of his day and it's yeah. secure to sell. Absolutely. So, it, And you're right, and I think there's a real point to be made here about the frequency. In the beginning, it's much more amplified than as the build goes on. I think yeah. once you start building, a weekly update's reasonable. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I always say to people, if, it, if you let it go more than a week, people are wondering. Well, they're making up their own mind. Exactly. And Where's I, my builder? Something's not happening on site. Oh, my God, I don't like what they look like. That doesn't look the way I thought it should. And then they're going to go and post it into the Facebook group and say, this window does not look like it's been installed correctly. And 1,000 people that are unqualified will jump in and say, yes, you need to call the QBCC because this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Could have solved it all with a quick email. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think at least weekly even if nothing is happening. Especially if nothing's happening. And because you're busy, you've got three projects on the go and you've got 15 sub trades you're dealing with and, you know, the kids are all sick and it's school holidays and you, all you want to do is go ride your dirt bike. And the last <laughs> thing you're thinking about is sending off five emails to all of your clients hmm. or five text messages or whatever medium you choose, which we'll get to in a minute, to say, hi, just letting you know, nothing's happened on site this week. Yeah. But don't stress. In the background, here's what's going on. Exactly. Uh, or, you know, this is why. So, or just letting you know, as you've probably already seen, was nothing going on on site this week. <laughs> um, just checking in. If you've got any questions, give me a shout anytime. Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have stuff to tell them. No. Just let them know that you know that they're thinking about the job. Of course. Right? Because I, I think one of the biggest problems is... When you leave it go too long, whether it's part of the sales process, follow-up, or whether it's actually during the project, is doubt creeps in. Mm. And when doubt creeps in to someone's mind, and if that's a client of yours, they're going to start looking for stuff. Mm. And they'll find things that may not have been an issue previously, but that will just, that builds up over a job. And man, we've heard some horror stories, Coxie, about... Clients who have just got lists and lists and li- or pages and pages and pages of things that they've written down that they're not happy about. And it, and it all started because they just, there were those seeds of doubt that came in early on because it went six days and they hadn't heard 12 mm. days between contacts. And then it was basic and they still had these questions and they didn't want to feel stupid by asking them and so then it gets to the end of the project and it's like well here's my seven page list of all the quote unquote defects Mm. (laughs) 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 can i just take um the um when we communicate back to the what we communicate yes i can link them together so we were talking about the what was mm. setting expectations, mm. but you need to manage those expectations. So if I send yes. you an email on Friday to say, hi, Tim, how are you? It's mm. been a great week. This is what you can look forward to happening on your site next week. And we get midway through the week and the tile is pulled out and you can't actually get there until the week after. You need to let your client know. Hi, Tim. How Just are you? letting you know. Yeah, it's not hard. Tile is pulled out. 
Yep. He's gone surfing. Yeah. Lucky <laughs> bugger. But he'll be back next Monday, so you can expect nothing much to happen. You know, it's just, I guess it's like having a little tiny conversation that you would have with your husband or wife in the kitchen at the end of the day. You know, there's just yeah. the little drop-ins. Oh, oh I, did, I picked up the bread, um, but I forgot milk. Maybe you can grab that tomorrow. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long or in-depth or overly complicated. It's just keeping them up to date. Absolutely. Mm. And there's so many tools to make that easy these days. Well, now we're pulling into the third one. Yeah. Segway and a half. How? How? How do you communicate this stuff? Do you have to send them a letter that's been sealed with wax and no. delivered by trumpeting Carrier horse- pigeons. horsemen? Oh. <laughs> uh, text message is probably fine. Texts are fine. Emails are great. A phone call. Weekly meeting. Does it really hurt to yep. drop in with your client? So... A blend of all of them really is, is the best way is yeah. to communicate in a way that sort of covers all of the preferences of mm-hmm. clients because you're not going to know early on, especially. Sure. Um, you might have had someone say, look, just, you know, emails are great, but I don't check my account very often. Can you just drop me a text or mm. can you just call me, mm. Mr. Builder? I just I just like phone calls. Uh, and you know what? Just call them. Yeah, it's not hard. Like, they're paying your bills, mm. hopefully, if you've priced the project properly. <laughs> That's a whole nother series. Uh, but, yeah, just over-communicate. It mm. feels pestery. It feels annoying to you as the as the builder. But you know what? If you, <laughs> if you updated someone every single day, mm. they're going to say, hey, Mr. Builder, look, that's great, but once a week is fine, hey? Yes. And you know what? That's actually a good thing because they've given you permission to ease back. Yeah, yep, yep. That would be a much better problem to be having than not talking to them for two weeks and guess what they're doing? Yeah. They're talking to their friends, their relatives, they're Googling stuff, Mm. they're in the Facebook groups. It's like, is it normal that I haven't heard from my builder for two weeks? No way. (laughs) They should be calling you every day, sweetheart. Of course they should. Snap, snap. Go and talk to the QBCC mm. or whatever state you're in. Right? It happens so, all the time. So, yeah, you want to make sure that those doubts don't creep in. That's right. So, I think we've really done it just like that. I want to I want to touch on one more well, point. Well, here we go. Can we? We're ready. You don't know what I'm about to talk no, about. I don't. Variations. I'm nervous. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we can't leave an episode on communication for builders without talking about variations. Should you get your variation signed? Oh, it's not that important, is it? No, you gave them a verbal price. They agreed verbally. We just move on, don't we? Yeah, Do it? it was a couple grand extra. It's like, yeah, How's no the worries, money after? Go for it. Mm. It's 2700 Does oh. that work? Yeah. You and I both know it does not. <laughs> Hello to anybody who's been stung by variations. And I think most of us have at one point Sorry or another. Sorry just triggered you. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, yeah. So, variations? Mm. Uh Signed. Yes. And, and can I also say something? I, something I forget. I, sorry, I don't forget. I think is forgotten in the industry. You don't have to say yes to a variation. No. I think that, that builders get, well, even tradies, I suppose, get bogged down in trying to meet every want, desire, whim of a client. You don't have to say yes. No. If it's going to push you out on another job or it's going to create a drama somewhere else in your business, say no. It's okay. Yeah. I, I I have a technique that I've used with people over the years on this is 
saying yes to get to a no. Mm. It's a bit weird way to put it. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, good. So <laughs> let me unconfuse you. Thank you. Um, I'll unmuddle your brain. So good uh, luck. I was I was referred to a podcast recently, mm-hmm. and I've never heard of it, and I've not listened to it yet. But it's called Unbleep Your Brain. Oh, yeah. I want to go check it out. Bleep starting with an F. So uh, anyway, uh, variations. No, with a yes. So we want to. I don't know. Change the glass slider to timber bifolds here, mm-hmm. please. Um, it's like... Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Mm. Now, look, that's going to change the construction schedule mm-hmm. uh, by about three to four weeks because mm-hmm. the door's got to be manufactured. We're going to have to change the whole engineering on this side of the house. We're going to have to put a different beam in over the top of the door frame, blah, 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 blah. Yep. So there'll be an additional cost, but it'll also affect the schedule. Which means, you know, we're going to have to add four to six weeks mm-hmm. to the schedule. We've also got other jobs on the go at the moment uh, that, we, that we're working in with. So, that's going to throw all of that out. So, uh, look, there'll be an additional cost, for not just for the materials and the labor, but also the time frame. Mm. So, you just actually tell them what the impact is going to be. <laughs> and then the client can decide if they're happy with that. It's like, oh, so will we still be in by Christmas? Like, well, No. No, and that $5,000 door is actually going to cost you twenty five because I'm delayed for so long on another job. But I'm happy to price it up for you. Mm. And if you want to go ahead with it, then we'll get you to sign off on it. No other works will continue on site until we actually get a sign off on that variation. That's a very clever way to say no. So it's, you know, for the for the listeners on this one, the way it was taught to me was your kid wants another chocolate or an ice cream or whatever. And the the trainer said, always say yes. Mm. And like the whole audience were like, are you mad? Yes. And he said, so anytime your kid asks for something, you say, yes, you can have another ice cream tomorrow. <laughs> I like it. Or yes, you can have an ice cream after you've cleaned up your room. Like there's always a, it's a two-way street. Yes. Right? Yes, you can have another one. And because you've had one today, you can have it tomorrow or next weekend. Yes. Or whatever. So yeah, yeah. there's never a no because yep. n- nobody likes to hear no, especially clients. Oh, can we change that to a timber bifold? No. no. Oh, and guess what you've got now? Confrontation. <laughs> how many How many of you love confrontation with a client? I love it. It's yeah, great. it's so awesome. It's exciting. And again, in, with this communication thing, it sets the tone. Mm. So yeah, we can totally change that. I'll price it up for you. Looks probably going to be between fifteen and twenty, and I'd say it'll, it'll push the schedule out four to six weeks, which means you won't be in by Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, would you like me to go ahead and price that up? No, thank you. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. We'll stick with the glass lighter. Mm. But then it's the client's choice, right? Yes. Instead of you saying I can't have it, yes, you said yeah, I can have it, but then I'm choosing whether or not I want to exactly. spend the money and screw and up. And you're my not schedule. out of pocket. Yeah, totally. So yeah, variations. Um, say yes to all of them. Mm. provided you have your process in place mm-hmm. where you price it, mm-hmm. you get written approval, mm-hmm. signed off, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it's not always practical. But to be honest, I think you should stop work on site until that is actually signed off on. Okay, so... Or at least the works that are going to be impacted we by don't that, start, right? Actually, legally, at least in Queensland, you are not allowed to start the various... The works under the variation until it's signed off on. Because it's uncontracted works. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you're exposing yourself as a builder if you're 
continuing with work and you haven't got a sign-off on the variation, you're doing naughty things. Well, they don't need to pay you. Which, sadly, you and I have both heard stories of this. Far too many times. Lots of money. I get that it's really, it feels like a hard thing to do, to do up a variation. It's not. It really isn't. Especially if you've got the right software in place to help you. Yeah. It's quick and easy. It's yeah. done. Yep. But even and if it's a handwritten price. Yes, that's fine as long as it gets signed off on. Ring your supplier, get a price for the thing, talk to the sub-trade, figure it out. Tomorrow morning, it's like, here, i got that price for you, Warwick. It's going to be 25 grand extra. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Not today. Thank Good you. Good choice, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just crack on with what we originally agreed to do, shall we? <laughs> So, yeah, that that was the last thing I really wanted to touch on because it's such an expensive area for builders. Oh, and unfortunately, we've seen it quite a bit of late. Um, so, get your variation signed off on. And if you're a, if you're a non-builder listening to this episode and you're like, yeah, we don't do variations, it's like, really? Surely a, a sub-trade would do – sub-trade doesn't sound very nice, actually. I don't like that term. A subby would be um, doing variations for builders that have – surely they've – they get that signed off on. I know ours did. You're looking at me like I'm a I'm, freak. I'm like going cross-eyed here. It's like, no, they don't. Really? <laughs> no, they so don't. how do they know they're going to get paid? There was. I saw a post in our group about this the other day. Oh, it wasn't yes, for I did a builder, see that. No, but it was, it was for a Tyler or something. Tyler, yeah. yeah. And he's about to get screwed by a Big client. Big time. Oh. It's, it's just. It is. You know what I think it is, Coxie? Here's my theory, right? Mm-hmm. This is my personal theory. Trade business owners, tradies are scared that if they say, oh, you need to sign off on that, mm-hmm. they'll lose the job. Mm. But you've already got the job. Yeah, but even halfway through a job, you know, a, bu- a primary contractor, a builder or a client can pull the rug and say, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll get someone else to finish it off. Mm-hmm. I think that's the fear. I, I see this with plumbers. I see it with landscapers. I see it with tilers, plasterers. They're just they're too afraid to to stand up for themselves and their business and what's right. It's very sad, isn't it? And I think that's a bit of a cultural thing within mm. the industry because of the years of you know probably poor management by regulators and just some of the the unscrupulous operators and the media have a lot to answer for with all of this <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> we're media there's a whole nother you and i are media yeah but we're good media we say <laughs> nice things about tradies because <laughs> tradies are smart but uh but yeah it's i think it comes from fear mm. and and Oh, it's it's easy for me to sit here in the studio and say you don't need to be afraid of that stuff because the law is actually the law itself isn't broken no. so much. It's some it's of it, the maybe. application of it is yes. not being done very well in certain areas. But you know the whole industry, the whole construction and trade industries aren't busted. They're not they're not broken. It's it's. A lot of the times, and here's a here's a shot in the kidneys. A lot of the time, it's you, the listener, you, the trade person. You're the one that's making this worse. Just you're send that hate mail it. to Warwick at yeah, yeah, tradesinbusiness.com.au. Yeah. That's W A R W I C K. So um, variations and um, contracts and stuff. You just got to be all over that. Um, and communication-wise, say no with a yes. 
Guys, something we harp on about all the time is if this isn't your strong suit, if this isn't the thing that you do well, get some help. Oh, and, and there is great help out there. There's heaps of help. Uh, if you don't know where to look, ask us. Ask in the group, Trades mm. in Business on on Facebook. There's 12, 1,300 trade business owners in there. Most of them have had some horror stories and they've learned the hard way and True. they can actually tell you, point you in the right direction. I see some awesome um, advice in there. Uh, so if you're not sure what to do, post a question in there or hit Coxie and me up um, or go to your local uh, trade association. You know, mm. maybe it's master plumbers, master builders, master electricians. Like there's there's pretty much one for every or most trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's master tilers, is there? Probably not much support for tilers. I don't think there's a master plasterers. Master plaster. <laughs> <laughs> master blaster. Master bricklayers. Yeah, but anyway, find your uh, association or go to your state regulator. Um, talk to us here at Tradies in Business, but don't just stick your head in a bucket of sand. No. Because someone's going to spot your bot and you're going to be in trouble. Good Lord, where is this going? <laughs> anyway. We started poorly, we're finishing poorly. What's happening? Come on. <laughs> so uh, communicate, over-communicate. That's what I'm doing now. Yes. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.